Another day in the life with Building Ideas in Davis, California. You're listening to 97.5 FM on your dial or org outside the coverage area. I'm Gunner. I'm here with Building Ideas, and uh, today we're going to talk a little bit about the month of February and the Super Bowl that happened uh, Sunday. And if we get a little time, I'm going to share with you about my pets at home. So stay tuned. Listen up. We'll uh, we'll get this thing going, building ideas and solving problems. Seven nine two one six four eight. If you call. everybody. This is Gunner from Building Ideas. I'm sitting here today in the studio. Philip might join me later, but right now I'm here by myself, usually with Kyle, and Kyle's not here today. Had some things that had to be taken care of. We had a lot of rain the last few days. The causeway is looking like the Pacific Ocean. February, what an interesting month. The Super Bowl was played in February. It's the month that the uh, a lot of Aquariuses are born. And I have a bit of trivia about something that only happens ever so often. In the month of February, uh, there are all Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, four times in the month of February, only to be repeated every 850-some-odd years. So this month is a special month because it's one of the few months that you, in your lifetime you're going to see all the days of the week times four. So, and uh, the Super Bowl was Sunday. That was quite a game. I don't know who watched it. 11, 111 people, 111 million people reportedly watched it. That's what I heard on the news. 111 pe- million people. God, that's a lot of people. It was a close game. It didn't look like it unless you watched the whole game. It's a 60-minute game. A lot of people, I understand a lot of people left early because at halftime the score was something like 28-3. to 3. And it was against the Atlanta Falcons and the New England Patriots. So two great teams, two good teams. They played their hearts out and played well. Unfortunately, they're going to have one that wins. And uh, New England came up on top, but it didn't look like they were going to come up on top, but they just did. It was 28-28, and then they went into sudden death, and uh, they won the coin toss and made a drive and uh, beat the Atlanta Falcons. Kind of broke their heart. But, you know, only one winner, so somebody's going to always hang dog. Uh, it was quite a show. 
I mean, I can see why 111 million people would watch it. Uh, had some records. It was a record-setting game. It was the first time a team had been behind two touchdowns and lost ever in all 51 uh, Super Bowls they've had. It was the first time a Super Bowl went into overtime. That's never happened in all the 50, 50 uh, bef games before this, Super Bowl games before this. It wasn't the first time the New England Patriots were there, and it wasn't the first time they won. Uh, I think they won five times, I think, with Tom Brady each time, too. So Tom Brady won the Super Bowl. Now it's six times, and uh, he's a great quarterback. I know I, my, my football team for a long time was the Oakland Raiders, and when they moved down to L.A. and things happened, I kind of liked the giant, uh, the 49ers for a while. My buddies did, but uh, I just started liking quarterbacks and started watching quarterbacks, and that's when I started watching Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, Tom Brady. There's a lot of good quarterbacks. I never did think Colin Kaepernick was one of them, but, uh, you know, he he was just happened there, and, and he actually didn't last too long, I don't think. But uh, Joe Montana, of course, was one of the best ever. And uh, it was a great game. It was a great game, a lot of fun. Uh, I spent it at the Elks Lodge. They had food and uh, drink and entertainment. It was quite a, quite a time. Lady Gaga was the uh, did the halftime, and she is all by herself, a hit in herself. No kidding. She, uh, Lady Gaga, God, she's, uh, she was uh, born in New York in 1986. She's uh, uh, into a German family. Her name was Stefani Joanne, God, Angelina Germata. Four names. And she was uh, musical, started doing her music career when she was young. I think she wrote her first ballad at 13. And 14, she was performing at local, uh, local places. Uh, she was in a movie. She's, uh, I think she's won like three Brit Awards, 11, no, one Golden Globe Award. I think she was in the, uh, the Sopranos. And 13 MTV Awards, Music Video Awards. Uh, she's a complete success. The story about her life is pretty interesting, but she is a complete success, and she was nothing but a hit Super Bowl, Super Bowl halftime. They used hundreds, maybe thousands of drones to, to create the effect, but it was really a, it was something to see. So, And the Super Bowl is always a big deal. A lot of money involved, a lot of advertising, a lot of ads. God, there was so many ads. Somebody once told me, I heard it once, that... Uh, a 30-second ad is something like $5 million. I don't know if that's true or not, but I know you pay quite a bit for ads on the Super Bowl, so it's really something. Anyway, uh, February also has uh, Valentine's Day. That's one of the things, and uh, we'll probably be talking about that next week because it's going to be close to Valentine's. It's going to be, yeah, it'll be Valentine's Day next Tuesday. So we'll have a little chat on that next week. Uh, it's surprising how far Valentine's Day goes back, and it's not necessarily a holiday, but it, it's an old custom that's been practiced for a long time. I think it originated back when the Egyptians were old, and the Egyptians are old. So it was down there in the Roman Empire, and God, it's a long time ago. It's just something we talk about. Now it's cards and flowers and lovers, but that's what it is. 
So. Oh, God. Oh, uh, I know Kyle said this one time. He said, why do we have daylight savings time? I always ask that question. And in February, this is the month that, that is the criteria. Years ago, they uh, – long – many years ago, they just figured 30 days, 12 months, 360 days should make a year. But that didn't calc right out. It didn't calculate out right. And so in the 46 BC in the Roman Empire days, they, they changed it. Uh, Julius Caesar changed it so that you uh, – so that there was 365.242 days in the year. And that way the seasons kind of dropped where they were supposed to. Otherwise, it wasn't – it didn't work out right. And, the, and, the, and so February – and the month of February, every four years you have 29 days, and that keeps everything in sync as well. So not only is it the f- only 800 years that you're going to have four Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays in this month – uh, but it's the month they had to adjust so that they could keep the seasons right and uh, uh, keep the uh, keep everything cyclical so that it didn't so summer didn't run into winter and like that. And I know Kyle asked the question one time, why daylight savings? Well, it's just to make take, make better use of the. If you go if you ask Siri, she'll tell you it's just to make better use of the time. In other words, we're, instead of working in the dark, you're working in the light. So daylight savings is about that. So Kyle may be listening, but uh, he had some uh, issues he had to handle, and inevitable. I think he had a, a car that wasn't going to live long. Okay, hey, what's going on this uh, Friday? There's a second Friday art about, and it's at the uh, Armadillo Music Place, right there in downtown Davis. This month's second Friday art about features smoke shovelers performing live at the Armadillo Music the performance will be broadcast live using the K-Dirt mobile DR-Dirt technology. So we're going we're gonna to broadcast it, and they're going to be live down there at Armadale Music. So you want to go down there? You should go down there. It starts at 6.30 p.m., and it should be a lot of fun. be some good wild music, and people should have some fun listening to that. That's at uh, this Friday, February 10th at 6.30 at the Armadale Music Place right downtown Davis. The smoke shovelers are performing live. So be there or be square. Okay, I'm going to get this out of the way. Cater hosts many pop-up live events, loosely categorized under the moniker Live Dirt. But there's one Live Dirt event you can plan on monthly. Cater Live from Armadillo Music for the Downtown Davis Second Friday Art About. That's what it's called. Every month for Art About, Decatur co-presents and broadcasts live music and interviews from the Armadillo stage at 6.30 p.m. So mark your calendars and meet us at Armadillo. That's every month, the second Friday, and it happens to be this Friday. Friday, February 10th, with the Smoke Shovelers. Next Friday, or the next month, the second, next second Friday for Armadillo, it'll be, uh, it'll be on March 10th. Both my, uh, both my son and my daughter were born on the March 10th, uh, a year apart. And uh, that night on March 10th, Wyatt Hesemeyer is going to be there. So it's going to be some good time, good music to go for, and it's going to be you, – you should have fun doing it. So be there, 6.30 this Friday. 
Okay. 12. I'll write that down. All right, so Aquarius's, they're born this time. Well, not all of them. My mom, she's a March 10th. She's born on Pisces, but a lot of Aquariuses are born in the month of February. It's a special month. And uh, it's got the leap year. It's got several things you got to think about. Uh, but it's uh, Super Bowl. Super Bowl is a big thing. I guess there's billions of dollars that was made. I know in the ads for the Super Bowl, uh, they they really go out of it. They, they, they spare no expense, and they try to produce these ingenious ads that uh, appeal to a large demographic or group of people. And uh, so they really go out of their way. So I guess it could be said that if you, if you watch the Super Bowl, you probably might want to watch the, uh, the advertisements. Some people don't like the advertisements. They think they kind of get in the way of the football game. But, you know, those advertisements, they go to a lot of trouble. God, everybody was in these advertisements. I, I can't I, – I think it was like – I mean, it was just everybody. Audi, Budweiser. Oh, just – God. Too many people. For those of you who watched, there, it was it was at that big stadium. I'll tell you, weather didn't have a chance, didn't have any factor in the, this game. You know how you play, you see football games played in the snow, and not this. This is at the uh, the stadium in Houston. It's all completely closed in. So anyway, Lady Gaga was using Intel drones to to make her stars and stuff like that. And uh, Justin Bieber, God, Verizon, Buick, Coca Cola. Pepsi was the big one. Pepsi and Coke on the same time. Pepsi kind of sponsored the halftime show. Dickie's Barbecue. Other guys, Frozen Meat. Oh, God. They're just Alfa Moreo, Michelob, Lexus, T-Mobile, Amway, handmade tanks. I mean, it's it's, uh, Tide Soap. Buy antioxidant with with uh, oh god who was who was who advertised that the song and dance man Justin Tamberlake he was in there he was advertising buy antioxidants antioxidants are good I guess if he advertised them they're probably good the Transformers the movie the Lost the movie uh, it was quite a, quite a show quite a quite a show it was an all day event you know when you go to the Super Bowl it's an all day thing try not to drink and drive or use Uber or Lyft but uh, it was one of those great times. So call us, 792-1648. If I can answer the phone, I will. If I can, I won't. But uh, Philip's going to join us later. He's going to kind of segue into it a little bit. I, I told him that uh, I'm doing the show today alone because, just because uh, Kyle couldn't make it. And uh, I wanted people to know about some of the trivia that I found out about. And maybe she's the, uh, maybe Lady Gaga's the new, uh, the new Madonna or the new Britney Spears. I know she wrote songs for Britney Spears. She wrote songs for New Kids on the Block, Pussycat. She's a songwriter. She's a real talented lady, and she's really good. And the song that she performed at the Super Bowl was, uh, God, what was it? Poker Face. Sold like nine, almost ten million of those things were sold. She performed that really well. She was really good. She's really Lady Gaga. I know Bill O'Reilly wanted to get her on the show. She wouldn't go on the show. And they were looking for some kind of a political message. They didn't get one. I'm kind of glad of that. I think politics and entertainment don't belong in the same 
genre. I think if you're going to talk about politics, maybe politicians should talk about them. And if you've listened to this show before, you know I don't care much for politicians. So, so I guess, in true, I don't care much for politics. Don Trump's doing what he can do to get some things working. And uh, some people just don't can't get over him being who he is. But uh, my hope is that he gets the inner cities busy and working so kids have an opportunity to go to work instead of join a gang. I hope that happens. I really do. So... Earlier, I think I said that uh, we were on channel 97.5. I didn't mean to say that. I'm not dyslexic, but I did say that. But anyway, it's 95.7. I've said it only a thousand times. I think I'd get it right by now. But you know you make mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. There was a guy. I'm a roofing contractor, right? And so there were, they, they tell the story about a roofing contractor. goes up on the roof, and he talks to the foreman, and he says, Who in the hell did this? It's all wrong. And the foreman says, Well, Joe did that. And he goes and looks at something else on the roof, and he says, well, who did this? It's not right. And he says, Joe did that. And he looks at the parapet, and he looks at the drains, he looks at the crickets, he looks at some of the details. He says, well, what about this? He says, Joe did it. He says, well, what about that top parapet wall and that, those cap nails? And he says, that's all wrong. He's, and the foreman said, well, Joe did that. So the guy goes off the roof, goes down to the trailer, fires everybody on the crew but Joe. He was the only person that did anything. The point being is that you know, we make mistakes. You know, I've made enough mistakes in this little bu cubby to uh, uh, shake a stick at. I'm probably making one right now. But, uh, you know, if it wasn't for the incompetent people getting the job done, nothing would get done because the competent people are too good to do the, do the job. So there's an old saying, 20% of the people produce 80% of the results. So I'm hopefully one of those 20 percenters. So... Okay, I, I wanted to tell you a little bit about, oh, God. I'm going to tell you a little bit about the, the records they set, the people that, uh, that did this. I'm not, this isn't a sports show, so I'm not going to get into it too much. But the, the fact of the matter is, is that uh, it was a good game, and it looked like a lopsided game for a while, and it turned out to be just about even Steven. And how Vegas can get those right is beyond me. But if you called Vegas to make bet on the Super Bowl prior to it starting, they gave the it, they called the New England Patriots plus three points. So they gave they thought that they had a three point advantage over the Atlanta Falcons in winning. And the fact of the matter is, at the end of the time when they finally won, it was a, they won by four points. And if they wouldn't have made a touchdown on the by the fourth down, they would have kicked the field goal, and uh, they would have won by three points. But they actually made a it was a game of inches, and they the last run, the scoring drive. I don't think he crossed the plane of the goal by more than six inches. But you only have to cross it a quarter of an inch. And it was clearly crossed. They clearly won. And uh, so congratulations for the New England Patriots. Now they get to go see the – they get to go to uh, Washington and meet the president. And uh, speaking of that, the president, that uh, President Bush, old President Bush, not the young one but the old one, who just got out of the hospital, was about 90 years old, he, uh, he was the guy that did the twin costs. Him and Barbara were there. It's kind of special. Old man Bush is a – well, President Bush, no disrespect intended. He was a war hero. Crashed his plane in the Pacific. But he was quite a, quite a fighter. I think the World War II, II big, uh, veterans saved this country to this day, I believe that. Hitler got Japan to attack Honolulu and the United States, the sleeping giant. And Hitler was a madman that was going to kill all of Europe and – 
thanks to uh, one of our arch, one of the people we didn't care too much, like we don't care too much for Putin. Well, back in that day, we didn't care too much for Joe Stalin. He was a communist, and he's responsible for more people dying than uh, Hitler. And yet we used him as an ally. And he was a significant ally because uh, when we were going to fight the Germans, or the Germans wanted to get up to Russia to take it out and to make some ground, cover some ground. They couldn't. They couldn't get gasoline to get up there, and it was snowing. So they, not only were they stuck, but they were freezing to death. And I don't even think they had the right amount of clothes. So, And Stalin's uh, army, we didn't have a very good army, but the fact that we had him and they were going to go attack him, it, it just made it, – it turned out that our – Somebody that wasn't very good turned out to be an ally. And the reason I say that is because Putin, who you know obviously has done some terrible things, I guess, uh, he's uh, he could be he could be somebody useful in our today politics. We've got a, a we've got ISIS to worry about people, and that's why they're having this block on people coming, the immigrants coming in. They call it it's not a Muslim ban, but it's it's definitely uh, looking at some cities. We don't want people to come in here and shoot us up or cut our heads off or try to do either, and it's happened. It's happened. So, uh, you know, some of the younger millennials say, you know, this is an open country where everybody's welcome, but right now they're going to try to get it. Our immigration system hasn't worked for so long that I think it's time to, time to get it to work, and nobody's worked on it. It hasn't worked for decades, and nobody's even put any attention on it. What they put their attention on is getting rich, and that's what happens, and probably why a non-politician like Don Trump got elected is because of the corruption in the at the top. So, but he watched the game, and uh, the owner was so happy. I guess they're friends, and uh, Brady and uh, his bunch are uh, Brady and uh, Belichick are two of the Belichick's one of the best coaches around, and Brady is probably one of the best quarterbacks. Anyway, they won the Super Bowl, and uh, they happen to be personally they personally know Don Trump, our president. So, and there's probably a lot of people that don't care for him, but. Uh, at some point, I think it might not. It might not be a bad idea to give him a chance. I mean, he's, he's in, and uh, there are a lot of people that are not doing that. But the bottom line is that they should. Maybe they should. It seems like who knows what he's going to do. I don't know. My man was Carson. I think that uh, Rand Paul was Kyle's man, and it turned out that Don Trump just did it all. So, so there. Okay, join host Ron Modsenko. As he brings the best of Motown, classic R&B, soul, funk, and blues to KDRT. You'll hear it all in the grapevine. Live Wednesdays, 6 to 7 p.m. For replay times, visit kdrt.org and click the schedule tab. Bites the dust. 22. Okay. So probably about 30 minutes, I'll take a break. And uh, uh, see if I can't get Philip to join me. I know he want, he's been here before, and uh, it's kind of fun to talk about this and that and the other thing. I, we are uh, building ideas. Is uh, it, we're we're morphodizing over to. Well, actually, it's Kyle and I are looking at going over to uh, television, and so if we do that, then the building idea issue would be kind of coming to an end. Uh, so, and that's just a possibility at this point. It's not set in stone, and there's no there's no real plans for it other than we're just looking in that direction. And we'll let you know the personal facts and as they come. And uh, but you know, uh, uh, until then, you just listen. You can listen to us if you choose to, and we'll uh, we'll give you the best we got. 
So. So I have a. I have six pets at home. I had a girl talk to me the other day. She said, "Where's your wife work out?" And I said, "I don't have a wife. I don't have a wife that, the wife anymore." And she said, "Oh yeah." And then she, I think she wanted to find out if I was single. But anyway, I said, "I live with, uh, I live with uh, my family of animals." And she said, "Oh yeah." And so I told her about them. I thought it was kind of interesting. I live with two dogs. Spooky is a Queensland healer, and Squash is a Catahoula. And uh, Squash is a what you call a stop dog and uh spooky is a shoot dog he's a pusher queensland healers are good for getting cows to move and he can uh queen uh spooky my queensland healers are the prettiest dog i've ever had in my life if you wanted a dog that's a good cow dog smart as some some people and good with cows what it's bred for and pretty my dog has white eyes. Spooky has white eyelashes. He's just beautiful silver uh, Queensland healer. Then uh, you should get a, you should find a, a female Queensland healer and have her sire it because this dog is uh, one of one of a kind. And then I got five chickens. I've raised them myself. And actually, I, I adopted five chi- four chickens. I call them ABC, and they are literally my pets. When I come home, they run up to me like. Uh, like children, and if you want to pick one up, you just walk up to them. They just kind of stand still, and you can pick them up and pet them, and uh, they lay two eggs a day. Right now, they're laying, you know, one and a half. They can't lay half an egg, but they're laying a little less than two eggs a day, but the guy I got them from says they lay two eggs a day, and I let them free range, so they go out and eat grass and bugs and stuff like that, but I had to talk to my dogs because my dogs are out there too, and my dogs have been known to kill chickens. So and then I raised two others, uh, uh, black and tan. That's the name. And uh, now these these are wilder chickens, but I raised them from the time they were just chicks, and they hung around, and I had some roosters, and the dogs killed the roosters, and my dogs killed some of the hens. And uh, but I had a long talk with my dogs, and I told them, look, now if, if, unless you learn how to lay eggs, you better not kill one of these chickens. And I kind of impressed upon them. I didn't yell or anything like that. I just told them. I think I told them that if they didn't learn how to lay eggs and they killed a, one of my one of my pets like that, ABC or black and tan, that I would make them sleep out where the chickens sleep and let the chickens sleep up by the fireplace. Because right now my dogs sleep by the fireplace if they like. I build a fire at night and they have a hell of a time and they like it. And they don't want to ruin that. So they're smart enough for me to say, hey man, these these are two these are my special birds. Don't hurt them. And I think that there's something about roosters that dogs just, why not kill a rooster, you know? They're just around, and they're cocky, and no pun intended. But uh, I think it's just one of those things. So. Anyway, I have, uh, I have, uh, I have a lot of fun with these chickens. And uh, my daughter, she'll be living with me. She's, uh, she'll be coming to live with me after March. And uh, she wants to get some hogs and get her truck driving license so she can start driving a big truck. She's a pretty good driver. She's a very good driver, actually. So the family will expand a little bit after that. But at, at this point, I just live with myself, my two dogs, and my five chickens. And uh, it's fine. And at night, I listen to the coyotes because I live out in the country where the coyotes go and stuff like that. So... Uh, 
anyway, uh, some of my kids say, aren't you lonely? Don't you want somebody there? And, oh, you know, not lonely. Being alone and being lonely are two different things. I'm okay. You know, I've got plenty to do up there. I live up in a little bit of acreage, and uh, there's always something to do. And uh, lately, it seems like it's just uh, mud, and uh, well, there's a lot of grass growing and stuff like that. My neighbor has seven of her horses up in one of my paddocks, and that's fine. I'm glad they kind of keep the, keep the grass down a little bit. She's offered to give me a couple of horses. My last horse died about four years ago, and I haven't really wanted to get any more horses, but... Uh, that's my pet setup. My, that's my home life. That's my pet setup. So, uh, so that's that. So I'm going to uh, right now. I'm going to take a little break, and uh, I'll be back in a minute. I think I'm going to see if uh, uh, I can get somebody to come in here. business building ideas second half of the show that was killer queen with killer b killer queen by queen <laughs> got a guest in here i'm gonna allow him in just one second we talked about the super bowl in the month of february and uh, the letter r anyway take it over and introduce yourself you're a regular here at the station and a bright guy that knows a lot about radio knows a lot about television and uh he's uh, a pro in this area so 
Thank you very much, Gunnar. You're very kind. Uh, my name is Alex uh, Silva, and I work here at Davis Media Access, which is the parent nonprofit of KDIRT. And we also manage uh, Davis Community Television, which runs on Comcast Channel 15 on your local cable network. And we also supervise the DJ USD TV, which is on Channel 17, and that's the educational television for the school district. So quite a lot going on down here. Closer to the mic. Closer to the mic? Yes, please. Okay. Uh, another thing that's going on this week is that uh, KDRT and Armadillo Music are teaming up for the second Friday Art About. And this is uh, this Friday, February 10th. Starts at 6 p.m. all over downtown Davis, right? It's going to be uh, artworks all over. The Smoke Shovelers are going to be performing live at Armadillo Music as part of this event. And the performance is going to be broadcast live using KDRT mobile dirt technology, which is what it, I'm not sure exactly what the DIRT technology is, but we're using it. And you'll be able to hear the smoke shovelers on 95.7 FM starting at 6 p.m. Uh, on February 10th. And they're wow. going to be streaming it out. It's also going to be streaming on KDRT.org if you want to listen via the Internet or uh, tune in or your favorite app or whatever that listens to the radio, you'll be able to hear us on there. And the Smoke Shovelers are great. They performed uh, live in our studio uh, a couple weeks back as part of the fundraiser. Uh, we have that video online actually on our YouTube channel, which you can go and look up Davis Media or Davis Media Access on YouTube, and you can see the Smoke Shovelers perform as along with a bunch of other bands that performed uh, as part of that fundraiser. So... That's an exciting thing coming up for everyone. And art and music. And that's going to happen every second Friday? I mean, Every it, second uh, Friday is an art about. And it, you know, as the weather gets warmer and nicer, more and more people spill out into the streets and have fun on Fridays. And you get to see all this wonderful artwork. Some places even have snacks. Cool. Cool. <laughs> well, it's fun to eat. Anyway, the weather's going to change, don't you think? I mean, it's been raining enough. Well, that's, that's what I, that concerns me because, you know, we have this, this rain going on and on and on and on. And just, you know, you get a day or two and you think, oh, okay, time for spring. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> the, the drought is done. <laughs> Hello. God. Yeah, well, I, I know they filled the aquifers. I tried to, sh to explain to my mother as she's living back in New York about the drought situation. Uh -huh. And I went online to look up the re reservoir up at Oroville. And yeah. I was like, oh, I'm going to show you this picture. Look how empty it is. But, of course, all the rain, it's filled it back up 80%. So I went to show it to her. Instead of this huge hole in the ground, it's now full of water again. Oh, good. So, so I had to go back in time and show her an old photo and oh, say, look, yeah. this is how it was a few years ago. <laughs> God. You see all the boats piled in the bottom of this giant brown hole. I remember Folsom Lake looking like that. Yeah. Looked like Sorry, it's good swamp. that we're getting the water, but uh, yeah. it's going to take more than just one season of rain, you know, to really replenish the aquifers. And That's stuff. what they say, Alex, but the thing of it is, is that, boy, we've got a lot of water this year. Yeah, well, it's got to soak into the ground. And we have a snowpack. This is yeah. a warm, this last day or so has been warm. Yeah. And usually I'm cold, and today I'm out inside, and it's raining a little bit, and it's God, I thought, wow, it's not very cold. It feels like spring. Well, it does. It's like a spring rain. Yeah. But they used to call April showers. They're April showers cause May flowers. Uh, you know, <laughs> May flowers. January showers. Yeah. yeah. So, but uh, I think I think it's good. The, the water's good. The rain's good. It washes things away. Refills stuff. The plants love it. Uh, you say how? I mean, who knows? But. Uh, it seems like the water people want us to always think we need more water. Maybe we do need – maybe we need more dams. 
Well, I think what we need is it's more fresh water for sure. Obviously, there's tons of water in the ocean. <laughs> there's water in the ocean you can't drink, but unless you have to do a lot with it. But uh, it just seems like as we get more and more people that it makes sense to have dams. But uh, dam. Well, yeah, I guess it depends on how you're using the dams. A lot of the dams, I think, that were built in the West weren't necessarily for storing water. They were for flood control. Ah, you know, yeah. So you need you need a certain amount of flood control if you want to, you know, air arable land that you can farm on and stuff like that. Yeah. And of course, you need plenty of fresh water if you have a city. I know back, you know, New York very early on, they realized they were going to need a ton of water. I mean, they're on this island. Yeah. And they have more and more people coming every day. Yeah. And so they developed a whole reservoir system that stretches all the way upstate, like way, way far away, and they bought property and protected the lakes and figured out ways to get water and they're building these two giant tunnels in New York there's not the California tunnel project really to bring the water from further away from the reservoirs down into the city and this has been going on this project's been going on like almost 100 years or something I mean it's I've never been to New York but I hear that New York is mostly woods and it's beautiful. Upstate, yes. Upstate New York oh, yeah. is nothing it's, like the it's city. It's gorgeous. And, yeah, it's nothing like the city. You know, people right. always say, oh, you're from New York. And, of course, the first thing that pops in everybody's mind is, is, is New the, York the city, city and the skyscrapers. Central Park. Central Park. But the whole upper portion of the state, you know, the part above the map, above yeah. New York City, yeah. Yeah. it's all uh, it's all wooded and, and hills. And there's there are lots of streams and lakes and ponds and, and everything. And, and they've done a good job of... Protecting it. I think the biggest challenge they faced was probably in the 70s and 80s with the acid rain ah, because yeah. all the factories in the Midwest were putting out all the sulfur and all the stuff. And, it's, yeah. and, you know, it just drifts. And by the time it would hit New York, it's coming down as rain. Oh, and it wow. starts turning all the, the lakes acid and, mm -hmm. you know, killing everything. But then, and, you know, California led the way on this, cleaning up the air and all that. So they put the restrictions, they cleaned up the emissions, and now it's... I wouldn't say it's back to what it was before. Obviously, you can't go that far back. Uh -huh. But, you know, now it's it's fine. I don't it's think you really see the dead lakes or any of that. Ecologically sound. Yeah. And the Hudson River was cleaned up. There were times you could see pictures of it in various decades. And it's different colors because yeah. in different decades it had different levels of cleanliness oh, or Jesus. turbidity. Yeah. You know, one decade it's brown, the next it's blue, then it's green. <laughs> and it, it, all, it all depends. You know, a nice... Uh, Green River's got obviously a lot of algae and healthy plant life going on. Yeah. Then uh, Bluer's clear water. I don't know what brown, brown is. A lot of sediment, I guess. A lot of mud. Mud, yeah. yeah. So um, it, it's interesting because even though California, I think, is always the leader in a lot of the environmental issues, New York has always been a very environmentally conscious state as well. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. they've even people from the city – would go visit and vacation upstate and realize yeah. this we need to keep this around. Would you say so, politically speaking, New York and California are fairly close? Huh? They're, they're, they, I've noticed they've gotten closer over the decades. Uh -huh. So um, New York tended to be the first one to pick up legislation after California. You know, time would pass, and then oh yeah, we should do that too. That's a good idea. Yeah. But now it's a lot tighter. You know, California does something uh, to protect the environment or whatever, and New York usually is right there with them. Um, because over time, people start to realize these the, everything is interconnected, and everything that happens in the country, in a way, is interconnected. They realize that what was going on in the Midwest was affecting yeah. other states, and everybody realizes, oh, it's not just I'm sitting here on my river and I dump whatever I want because it's going to wash away and yeah. I don't have to deal with it. Yeah, everyone realizes it's more inter interdependent.
and the, you know, and there's more science to back up everything and all that. So yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, but I mean, there are definitely differences between the states. I wouldn't say they're exactly the same, but in in terms of uh, what they value, valuing the environment, valuing. If you were to make a distinction between a conservative and a liberal, one of the key things liberal people are interested in is their environment yeah. and the climate climate change and us not ruining our planet yeah. through toxic waste, uh, acid, rain, and different things. I think that was also – there was a time when that was also a conservative value. I mean, uh, what, Roosevelt, yeah, uh, look at Teddy Roosevelt. I mean, he – that era when they made all these national parks and everything, yeah, they were championing yeah. the environment. Yeah. Of course, that's a different. Well, he was a Republican, but that's a different party. Than yeah, it was a different now. time back so, then. But uh, I but just I think, think you know it, it depends on how business oriented the conservative person is. Like, yeah. The more business oriented, the less they're concerned about the environment in some respects. In some respects, they're more interested in their own agenda, which is business and money. Right. So it gets a second. It it takes a second. Uh, it gets yeah, back. It's, it's not a priority, right. whereas uh, it should be a priority, especially if, you know, if we're losing things. Yeah, but yeah. I, I do think there are lots of conservatives out there that value the environment. It's just, you know, maybe their voices aren't as strong within their. Well, I think of the younger people, and the younger people are definitely uh, idealistic, and they want to do all they can. And yeah. uh, I don't know if we, I don't know if we teach enough about. Uh, economics in school, so economics are not understanding. Oh yeah, I don't think I don't think, I don't think yeah, at least at the high school that. level, there's very little of that going on. God, yes. Uh, they don't even do any kind of uh, personal finance or uh, home economics anymore. Did you have wood shop or metal shop in high school? Um, no, they didn't. They didn't really have anything like that that I was aware they, of. Did you have auto have, shop? No, no, no okay. auto stuff. Wow, okay. I learned all that from my dad. Well, I, I'm older than you are, and they had auto shop, wood shop, and metal shop, and so teachers would have their cars go back and let the kids change the oil. and Work on everything. Back when you could work on cars. Right. Back, I'm so old that they used to work on cars. Now they, you have to have a yeah. $300,000 shop, and all, it's all computerized. You've got to have all this equipment. That's, that's I, you know, I guess, one of the downsides I remember. But as the cars got more technological, there are fewer things like, you don't just go in there and, oh, I'll replace the carburetor, switch this filter. It's like, oh, no, now there's all these sensors involved and very precise timings and the emissions. Re- it's, and it's all really around their emissions requirements. And it's, re- it's really efficient. Yeah. It's really efficient. I have a, a buddy of mine, Eddie, Fast Eddie, I call him. He's a, he's a good mechanic. And he, he'll explain to me all these things. And uh, years ago, you used to just point the plugs and condenser and you're good to go, you know. And now it's like, <laughs> God. Uh, this computer does this. This sensor does that. I mean, it's just we're just highly evolved in the area of technology. Yeah. And our cars are running brilliantly, really. And I yeah, guess our planes are much aren't. more efficient and cleaner burning now. You get b- much better gas mileage. Yeah. yeah. I remember, you know, I went to seamanship school at one point where we were learning to work on, you know, the outboard motors and diesel engines and fix. And I thought, oh my God, this is so simple. Like a diesel is like. Yeah. A diesel is so simple. If you're out there and you think, oh, motors are complicated, a diesel engine is a very simple device. And then gasoline engines are a little more complicated and, you know, you work your way. But I was surprised at how basic just some of the concepts are. It's when you start saying, oh, we need to control the emissions and we have to scrub the output and, you know, run it through a catalytic converter. Then it's all of it starts getting complex. There are some things about diesel emissions that are hard on your health yeah 
then you know that they, they produce a kind of a film or gas that uh, uh, we don't, you don't want to breathe it on. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, the engine itself is simple, but what if the exhaust is not something you want to... Yeah, and if you've, ever, <laughs> if you've ever been deep sea fishing, you get to know what diesel smells like. Yeah. And you get to know what being seasick's like. <laughs> so, put them together, and it just kind of adds to the, the equation. Uh, I'm going to put this. I'm going to say this because it's a. We're going to bank on it being sunny days again. But the Davis Bike Club serves members with a variety of cycling interests and abilities. The club offers scheduled rides nearly every day of the year, even in the rain, for members and non-members alike throughout Yolo and Solano counties. For members, the club offers multi-day tours to destinations in California, the Greater U.S. and Europe. The club also hosts several large cycling events, including the Davis Double Century, that's 200, and and sponsors the Davis Bike Club race team. For for more information, visit davisbikeclub.org. So, and this is a big place for riding bikes when the weather changes, of course. Yeah, it's nice. You can get all over. Yeah. I, that's one of the things I really like about Davis is all these bike paths, and they're all through sort of parks and on the edges of parks, and like you can get almost anywhere around town. You don't and, have and not to even drive. have to be on the street. You don't like have you to can drive. be on a path. Yeah, and a lot of people, if they, they if they got to go three blocks to the store, they'll just drive. Yeah, or even sometimes one block to the store. Usually, part it's not that far. Part of that is you know the whole sort of suburban culture of America is they, they've spread everything out. Oh, everybody has cars. You know, yeah. let's put everything five miles apart. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you kind of have to have a car in certain parts. I know when my car was out of commission for two weeks, and boy, what a pain in the neck. I mean, yeah. I only, you know, I'm in Sacramento, so I come over here, and that's only a 15-minute drive without the traffic. Uh-huh. But boy, when you don't have the actual car, it's like... Well, there's a causeway, there's all this waterway, there's, you know, how many, however many ducks nesting between here. <laughs> there's all this stuff to get through. It, you know, it turned from a 15-minute hop in the car to, you know, an hour and a half journey via foot train and every other. Yeah. yeah. So I can see, you know, for a lot of people, transportation, you know, having a car is important. But if you can take a bike, it's much healthier for you. And, uh, and you get to be out in nature and see things. I think it's beautiful. Well, Just don't get hit by a car. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm doing a spin class now once a week. I've been doing it for about 10 weeks now. And uh, that's a good workout. It's a lot of fun. And it's a real nice bike. And it's indoors. And the leader <laughs> will get the music to go on and get you riding hills and stopping and standing up and sitting down. And you really get a good workout. Now, are you going to translate that? Are you going to start getting on a bike and biking around? I have a bike. One of my favorite things to do is take two bicycles, put them in the, on my little bike rack that I have. Mm-hmm. And go to a town like Winters mm-hmm. or Williams yeah. or Davis, yeah. park and ride for an hour, and then go find a restaurant. Yeah, work up an appetite. Yeah, but I, but that's kind yeah. of fun to go to Winters or go to just little you know Ladoga. Mm-hmm. Uh, go to you know just small little towns, ride all over the place, and then and then explore. Yeah, and then talk about it. You know. So I kind of like doing that. That's kind of fun. I, a friend of mine, uh, he lives here in, in Davis, and he's a real bike bike man. He mm-hmm. rode the centuries, and I guess oh, this, yeah, the bike awesome. club's got a double century. <laughs> say, that's two hundred miles. <laughs> yeah, God, that's a long ways to go pumping your thing. As a young kid, I remember one time. Now I'm, I'm 
this old. I uh, I never had a helmet when I was a kid. Right. But, I never did either. That was so much probably the shots I took to the head are the reason <laughs> I'm the way I am today. I can thank that. If I had a helmet, I might have been brighter. But I remember putting my, my little buddy Kenny on my handlebars. This might have been a rough ride. <laughs> and from North Sacramento to Folsom Lake had to be about 15 miles. Well, wow. I'd take him all the way to Folsom Lake and back on the handlebars. Wow. And how old were you when they was that? I was about 12. Wow. About 12. So when you're 12, you don't think about, like, no. this is crazy. <laughs> I had a paper route at that time, too. So I'd take that bike and put a bag on the front and a bag on the back and Sometimes a bag over my thing, and I, I would uh, deliver so all these You were papers. getting a workout. I was getting a workout, yeah. It was fun. So you could handle it. Sacramento Bee gave, gave you a, kind of a younger, not as a little older guy than you to tell you how to fold the papers and, and, and where to send them, and you didn't want to miss anybody. Right. Now, and were it, you the drive-by and throw the paper yeah, onto the— Yeah, <laughs> And then we got to go around and collect, and that was interesting. You know, oh, yeah, I remember. I remember this one lady. I'd look in the mirror, and I could see her in the kitchen, and I'd ring the bell, and she'd look and see me. She didn't see I'd saw her in the mirror. <laughs> and she wouldn't answer the door. She'd be a buck 85, you know? It's like, <laughs> and it's like the, my boss had to go collect from her yeah. because she wouldn't pay me, but she didn't want to pay. Or it's she so didn't funny have money. to even think of that now, like for a buck 85. A buck 85. Well, I guess a lot of money once upon a time. Yeah, now you'd be lucky if you could even buy one paper. One yeah, paper yeah, now they're a buck 85 each. <laughs> So uh, now, I you know there's a little ambiguity in my part. I, that new antenna that we got is it up and running? Uh, I'm not sure uh, because I'm on the television side of things. Oh, that's so right. I do a lot more management on the the TV broadcasting. So I'm not sure we're where entertain- we're going with the with the antenna. I mean, I know their whole plan is in place. It's in place, huh? Yeah, we're going. I, we're going know, to I don't know how they order it or whatever they do. If we go over to television, it's going to be a bit of a transition. Yeah. Mm. Oh, you're talking about bringing your this show. Oh, uh, uh, a show. Yeah. 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 It's a little. It's uh, you know. It's similar. A show like this is easy to do on television uh-huh. because it's uh, talking about ideas and things like that. Yeah. So, uh, other types of shows are a lot more complicated. You know, this yeah. is a pretty straightforward show. So I think making a transition to having video is not going to be that bad uh, or difficult. By that, that's what I mean. Uh, not too difficult. But, you know, some ideas, uh, you know, video can be a lot of work because now you have a whole other dimension to deal with what people are seeing um, as well as listening to. Well, I watched Fox News and I mm-hmm. watched Glenn Beck mm-hmm. and he got off of Fox News. I think he was asked. Well, he left a while ago, right? He left. He went to Texas and has the blaze, has yeah. his own radio station, yeah. and he has his own television station. Mm-hmm. And so I still watch Glenn. I, I mean, I used to listen to him on on the on the, the radio, but I, you could see him on Fox News as, mm-hmm. as well. And so he could, he just went over and started his own in Texas. You yeah. you probably didn't know that. No, I knew he had left uh, Fox because I never. Yeah. I, I don't really watch Fox, but I kind of knew that he had left because my nephew says Fox is uh, somewhat uh, biased. Yeah. And President Obama said something about that too. I never about thought about Fox that. News being biased. Fox being biased. Oh, they're all biased. They're I all mean, biased. All these, yeah. I mean, all these large corporations. They're all owned by big corporations that have their own interests. They're not as independent as they used to be in the day, you know. Uh, but in a lot of ways, big media was always sort of a big influence. I mean, you go back to the days of what's his name with the newspapers. 
uh, Hearst. Right? Hearst, yeah. So he had a ton of influence. Why? Because he could publish stuff all around the country and affect opinion. William Randolph, yeah. Yeah. A big so man. That's always been a concern. That's why they had the laws uh, restricting ownership. They said, oh, you know, you can have one newspaper in a city and one radio station, one, because otherwise somebody might get too much uh, influence. And then they kind of got rid of those laws and started letting larger corporations buy up mm-hmm. more newspapers and mm-hmm. multiple uh, outlets in a single town. So uh, the diversity of voices, you know, if, if you're having a battle of opinions and you have 30 corporations owning all the stations and they're all have different ideas, that's fine. But what you really have now in this country is about six major media corporations that own all the radio, all the TV, all that. And that's not enough opinions because... And, and their agenda is not necessarily to give... Yeah, I mean, they're interested in making money. Money. You've seen, so, you, you, the whole station has seen Shadows of Liberty, right? Uh, I have not seen that. You I haven't seen it? Seen it right well, now. you sound like, you, I mean, you sound like the essence, you're saying well, the I essence. Well, I follow the, uh, you know, the media oh, okay. news and stuff, so. Well, that's exactly what Shadows of Liberty would, it sounds like you've, uh, you're speaking from Shadows of Liberty because they say that it's about five or six big companies yeah. own the news and their, their chief interest is to make money. Yeah. Well, that's that's literally true. I mean, that's not even like, oh, some kind of theory or whatever. They're literally only about six or seven. And that's why everyone's concerned about this big Time Warner, uh, the merger, who, whoever it is they're offering to buy, because it just keeps consolidating. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it also what it winds up being is a little more generic, because if they're interested in money and the money comes from advertising, uh, anything that stirs up ratings stirs up money for them essentially yeah. so if people do things that are controversial just for the sake of controversy and that generates revenue they're going to do it they're not going to care whether that's actually an issue there or something important to discuss right if if people are tuning in and arguing over something and that makes them money they're just as happy so uh say there's something and everybody says oh that's not true and one guy's screaming oh no no you know it's this th- if that if everybody is calling in to say tell that guy to shut up he's wrong mm-hmm. uh, and they make ads off of that that makes them perfectly happy they don't really care about the issue or anything what they care about is people responding and watching and thing because then they have eyeballs that they put the advertising in front of and they keep track of that via polls uh, who's watching yeah uh, they have services so and television you have the Nielsen ratings Nielsen. And uh, in other fields, they do other methods of surveying. You know, maybe they cold call a certain number of people and see who they're listening to. There's so many ways. And then with the Internet, you can actually literally track who's watching what Uh because the computers are trading information like this person just asked for the next episode of that show. So and they're streaming it right now. You can tell they're watching it. They're on minute 10. (laughs) Wow. You got all this just by being in the business. Oh, yeah. Just by seeing. I mean, you when you're. Yeah, when you're reading all the stuff and yeah. following along, you pick yeah. all these things up. What I got out of Shadows of Liberty, the one thing that you haven't mentioned is that the investigative journalist is kind of like on their way out. Oh, well, yeah, because what that is is uh, in terms of a profitable thing, from a social, so, uh, social standpoint, uh, Okay. we like investigative journalism, right? We want somebody to find out the truth and right. dig it up and all that. They, dirt, they dig out the dirty facts, so to speak. But once... The corporation, and it, 
before, say it was an individual publisher like Hearst, and he mm-hmm. has a corporation, but he's the one that's going to be like, yeah, I want you to investigate this, and we're going to drag the dirt out on this guy and that guy. And when you have competition, that's great because all the investigative journalists are digging up the dirt on everything, and so everything gets uncovered, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. But suddenly, if you're one big company, you have all maybe you don't want things, you don't want them digging up the fact that people aren't getting paid at one of your businesses. You know, the more you own, the you're like, yeah, we investigate them, but don't investigate us. And then on top of that, investigative journalism takes a long time. It does. You know, so a guy's going to investigate somebody. It could take him nine months mm-hmm. to accumulate sources, verify sources, because, of course, all these things used to be fact-checked. Yeah. They used to have entire departments at newspapers, magazines, fact-checking everything. Yeah. I don't know if that – that I don't think really goes on anymore. So that when you came out with your big 10-article series on corruption at City Hall – you had the facts to back it up mm-hmm. in the interview. And then there was so much there that the police or the DA or whoever, people would have to investigate. Wow. And now I think what company wants to invest eight months into a guy's salary so he can investigate something that might turn up the wrong kind of dirt? Like. Yeah, it might turn <laughs> dirt on the own, one of your interests. And then yeah. you say, well, you can't do that. Yeah. I mean, That'll, we'll lose money if, we, if they find out this about us or something like that. Right. Yeah. So I don't want to get too specific because I don't want to blame any one company. But, you know, Amazon is owned by Jeff Bezos. and uh-huh. He owns the Washington Post. OK. So will you see a deep investigative journalism piece come out of the Washington Post about uh, employment conditions at the Amazon warehouses? Yeah. Because we've, that story kind of keeps resurfacing about the conditions there that people work under and how terrible and hot they are and everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, so would the Washington seconds. Post inv- – invest 10 months in a journalist supporting him so that he can build that story up? Or are they going to say, hey, uh, go write about something else. Go write about how uh, one of our competitors is messing up. And they might not even want to do eight months. They might Yeah. They might want to, hey, go, go tomorrow and get us a story on that. What, can, what kind of story are you going to dig up in a day? All right, Alex. I appreciate that. Looks like we just about ran out of time. Oh, wow. Okay. So there Sorry. it is. Got you 